Climate change is our biggest problem. This podcast lays out some of the smartest fixes for climate change. My name is Matt, and this is Climate Solutions. Today, when climate action means better roads. To those of us in the developed world, climate action means switching to electric vehicles, taking a bike or public transport. Or eating tofu. Oh, don't go there. Those are very important things to do, but they're also what some people call first world problems, because in the developing world, climate action also means building better roads. It's not because we want people in the developing world to drive more fossil fuel cars, it's to protect them against the disastrous human and economic effects of climate change that occur when roads are flooded, uh, covered by landslides, or interrupted by unusable bridges. This adaptation to climate change makes sure infrastructure and people are better prepared to cope with extreme weather and protected from its consequences. Climate Solutions is a podcast from the European Investment Bank, which is expanding its adaptation work, incidentally, with the support of the European Commission. I'm going to tell you about what the EU bank has been doing and let you know what the experts at the bank say you could be doing. You'll also get to listen to me dance. Listen to you dance? Do you want to watch me dance? I'm good. (laughs) Meantime, subscribe to the entire series of Climate Solutions from the European Investment Bank, the EU Climate Bank. At the big Paris climate conference in 2016, the world's nations set a target of keeping the rise in temperature below 2 degrees Celsius. Hey, Nicola, how much is that in Fahrenheit? I think that's about 35.6 degrees. Oh, yikes. That sounds like a lot. Let's let's just call it 2 degrees Celsius for now. Even 2 degrees is a bit scary. Even if the world succeeds in keeping temperature rises below the target of 2 degrees Celsius, the climate has already changed enough to put many countries and regions at greater risk from extreme weather events. Rising sea levels and the increased frequency and intensity of storms already affect many areas, particularly in developing countries and small island states. Well, all that doesn't sound very nice, you're thinking, but is it really that bad? Yes, it is, because adaptation has a very clear economic and human angle. When a road has been washed away by a storm, there's an obvious economic cost in lost trade because commercial trucks can't go back and forth along the road. However, the road is also impassable to workers or visitors, as well as to emergency services dealing with the effects of the storm. And in the longer term, children can't get to school and patients can't schedule regular hospital treatments. Why are developing countries so vulnerable? Well, it's to do with the way roads are built. Roads are built to last from 20 to 50 years and to withstand extreme weather events that occur once in 50 to 100 years. Climate change means that these events will become more severe and more frequent. In developing countries, design and maintenance of roads are sometimes underfunded and are not always based on recent extreme weather predictions. At the same time, Existing infrastructure may degrade faster due to harsh weather conditions, resulting in the need for earlier upgrade and replacement. I'll give you three examples of adaptation. They're all recent projects approved by the European Investment Bank. First, Laos. Nicola, where is Laos? It's in Asia. It's bordered by Thailand, Myanmar, Vietnam and China. Ooh, hey, that's impressive. We should call you the cartographic Croat instead of the climate Croat. Don't overdo it. (laughs) Okay, so Laos 
has a long rainy season that's become more intense. A lot of its roads are dirt roads and they get washed away during the rainy season. The European Investment Bank signed a 20 million euro loan to the Lao People's Democratic Republic at the end of 2018. You put that together with a 5 million euro grant from the EU and we were able to fund a project that will protect 1,400 kilometers of vulnerable rural roads across six Laotian provinces. Try saying rural roads very fast, it's uh, tricky. The project improves and reinforces the roads. They're still dirt roads, but they're better made and better maintained. So the 1.6 million Lao in those provinces can stay connected to vital economic and social networks. Hey Nicola, do you like these moves? What the hell are you doing? It's a new dance called the Sao Tome. Okay, I think that's like an island off the west coast of Africa, but still. Oh wow, you're good. Okay, I'll stop dancing. I'm not even looking. No, it's just I'm losing my breath control here. I have to sit down. So, in Sao Tome, the European Investment Bank is advising on a project to build a coastal defense system for the capital city. This is a long-term project, but it will result in climate-adapted infrastructure that will be hugely beneficial to the country. Part of the project is devoted to capacity building. So for all you lovers of definitions, it's a little bit of nerd time for you here. What is capacity building? Capacity building is the process by which skills, experience, and technical and management capabilities are developed. They might be developed at contractors, consultants, or agencies, but capacity building is often the result of something called technical assistance, where international organizations give advice on how to prepare projects so that they can then get funds from banks and other development institutions. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. I promised you three adaptation projects, so let me uh, take you now to Haiti and the Dominican Republic. Can we have the music back again? Please. No more dancing. Okay, I'll, I'll do this in my seat then. In Haiti, the European Investment Bank approved a 25 million euro loan uh, in April 2018 to build or rebuild bridges destroyed by Hurricane Matthew. The bridges are needed as evacuation routes during storms, which are increasingly frequent due to climate change, as well as providing economic links for people who presently are cut off during storms. The bridges will be financed through the European Investment Bank loan and grants from the Inter-American Development Bank and the Caribbean Investment Facility, a regional blending facility of the European Union. Why am I mentioning all those things? Because it shows you that adaptation isn't cheap or easy. It needs to touch on a lot of different areas of life, and that's hard to coordinate between all those organizations too. Look across the border in the Dominican Republic. A similar post-disaster reconstruction project to the one in Haiti will include social housing, waterworks to prevent flooding, and of course rural roads that are more resilient. Maybe I should try saying resilient rural roads. That's even tougher. This will also be financed through a European investment bank loan. Rural roads are not the only aspect of mobility and development in which climate adaptation is significant. Cities pose one of the greatest climate challenges. Climate change runs on a parallel track to the massive increase in urban population that's forecast for the coming decades. By 2030, the UN predicts that 
of the world's population will live in cities compared to 55% now. Much of this growth will come in developing countries. Some African and Asian countries are expected to double their populations by 2050, and most of that growth will be in cities. Up to now, we've been talking about transport between cities. When you think about transport inside cities, it gets really complicated because every city is different. If I asked you how to get around Tokyo, you'd have a very different answer than if I asked you how to get around Los Angeles. One size does not fit all. And we have another episode in this series on mobility within cities. But this is all why the assistance in preparing projects, the capacity building that we mentioned and the technical assistance is so important. Here's a list of the three things you should be doing right now. Climate Croat, are you ready to count these down? Yeah, I'm gonna add a drum roll. Then let's go. If you're a policymaker... Number three. If you're a policymaker, consider adaptation policies that make our infrastructure more resilient to climate change and... Number two. Think about introducing mitigation policies that help to avoid or reduce travel-related greenhouse gas emissions. That means promoting teleworking, that's working from home, good public transport, cycling and walking infrastructure, and electric cars. Number one. Is this the last one, by the way? Yes, this is the last one. Number one. There's no number zero. If you're a citizen, you can't be the one to actually adapt the infrastructure, but you can live closer to your work. You can consider whether you need to take that long trip. You can take public transport, ride your bike or go by foot, and you can switch to an electric vehicle. Okay, that's our episode. For the research, I want to thank European Investment Bank Mobility Specialists Merin Martins, Birgitta Kulin, and Diego Ferrer. Subscribe to Climate Solutions and you'll learn what you should do to fight climate change in your town or city, in your home, and even on your digital devices. Right, now, go and use the tips in this episode to start saving the climate and listen to our other episodes to do the job right. I'll be back with Nicola, the climate Croat. Bye-bye. Next time on Climate Solutions from the European Investment Bank, the EU Climate Bank. Now I'll just dance us out with the Sao Tome. No. <laughs>